Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Wa salatu wa salamu ala Sayyidi al-Mursaleen Sayyidina Muhammad al-Sadiq al-Wa'd al-Ameen Alhamdulillah Alladhi nahmaduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nu'minu bihi wa natawakkalu alayhi Wa na'udhu billahi min shururi anfusina Wa sayyati a'malina Man yahdihillahu falamudilla lah Wa man yudlilhu falahadiya lah Wa nashhadu an la ilaha illa Allah Wahdahu la sharika lah ونشهد أن محمدًا عبده ورسوله وصل اللهم على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم تبارك الذي بيده الملك وهو على كل شيء قدير الذي خلق الموت والحياة ليبلوكم أيكم أحسن عملا وهو العزيز الغفور we praise and thank Allah, the only one deserving of all of our devotion, all of our praise and thanks, the one that we always turn to and ask for help, the one that we rely upon and trust in. And we ask him to send peace and blessings upon our beloved messenger Muhammad wasallam. And we remind ourselves that Allah, the one and only owner of the entire universe, the one who controls every single thing happening in this world. Allah, that one who has the entire kingdom at his hand and is able to do anything and everything. That one, the one in authority, the one whose actions and wisdom inspire respect in all of his creation. That one is the most forgiving. Allah is Al-Ghafoor. With all the power that he has and all the authority that he has, he forgives. He forgives and looks over mistakes. He forgives in a way that nobody else can possibly even start to try to forgive. Allah forgives way more than anybody else can possibly think of. And indeed, in those two ayat that I recited from the very first, the beginning of Surah Al-Mulk, Allah says He is forgiving and Allah says that He has put us in this life. He has created us as a test. Our life here is a test. Life and death is a test. لِيَبْلُوَكُمْ أَيُّكُمْ أَحْسَنُ amala. To test you so that you could be the best. You could do the best deeds. Now, when a teacher gives you a test, they want to know how much you have learned from the different lessons. Does the teacher already know how you're going to do on the test? No. What about Allah? Allah created us to test us. Does that mean Allah does not know how we're going to do? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. It is a test for us. It is a test for us. It is obstacles that come our way, trials, difficulties that come away our way so that we can become the best. So that we have the opportunity to improve ourselves and become better. But indeed, Allah is going to give rewards in the hereafter and is going to give consequences 
and some punishment in the hereafter. And Allah, when He gives that reward, He's not going to give the reward based on what He already knew. That's not fair. No. He gives a test. So after you've done the test, now Allah can show you this is what you did. So it's a fair consequence. It's a fair reward. This life, brothers and sisters, is a test. And what are we here for? How do we pass the test? We know in Surah Al-Dhariyat, Allah tells us at the end of the Surah, وَمَا خَلَقَتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا The creation of man and jinn, all of that was so that they can worship and serve me, Allah says. So let's now understand what Allah means by this. Worshipping Allah. I'll give you an example. This is a story that didn't really happen, but somebody told me this story as an example to understand this concept. Picture about 20, 30 years ago, when they had the desktop computers, and they had started to have laptop computers, and most of the install, things that you install on a computer, they were on a, on a CD, on a disc. And so all the desktops, they have a button that you click, and the tray comes out to put the disc in, and then you click the button, and the tray goes back in. Well, one person who didn't really understand all the functionalities of the computer, one day he sends a message, he calls the technical support for his desktop, and he says, can you please fix the coffee cup holder from the computer? He didn't understand what this was. And obviously, if you don't use it as a disc reader, as a CD reader, and you use it to put your coffee cup, what's going to happen? It's not going to work anymore. Coffee is going to spill. The thing is going to break. And so on and so forth. We have a purpose, and if we don't do what we're supposed to do, things are not going to go well. So, we have to understand our purpose. Now, Allah says that He created us so that we worship Him. So that we check in five times a day for five minutes and then do our own business. Now, I'm not saying that salah is not part of worship, but that's not the only worship. Yes, we come and pray salah five times a day, but all of our time should be worshiping Allah. Dedicated to Allah. Doing things in the way that Allah likes. Allah says that He created us to worship and serve Him. Okay. Think of when we make a computer, since I'm talking about computers. How much effort does a human being have to put in to build and design a computer that works? And then all the troubleshooting after that to make sure that it continues to work. And all the maintenance. It takes a lot of effort. That's why when you buy a computer, it's pretty expensive. And the same thing for anything that the human being makes. It takes a lot of effort. Did it take any effort for Allah to create us? Not at all. Not at all. Not whatsoever. Subhanallah. Surah Al-Ahqaf. أَوَلَمْ يَرَوْا أَنَّ اللَّهَ الَّذِي خَلَقَ السَّمَوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ وَلَمْ يَعْيَ بِخَلْقِهِمْ قَادِرٌ عَلَىٰ أَنْ يُحْيَى الْمَوْتَىٰ 
don't they see that the one who created this entire universe and did not feel any form of discomfort or tiredness or fatigue for creating, for him is just kun fayakun. It's no complication whatsoever. So Allah's act of creation is not like any of our acts of creation like we make things. Which begs a question that when you make something and you put in that effort to make it, you're making it for yourself. You're trying to get something out of it. We built cars so that we can drive cars. And eventually people figured out how to put the heater in the car so that we can have the heat. And eventually people figured out how to make AC so you can have AC in the car. All of that, all these efforts that humans put in to get all these different things we have, they serve the human being. I'm doing this because it serves me a purpose. Or in the least, you like your family, you like your siblings, so you might do things for them, but at least it serves somebody else. Allah created us so that we can worship and serve Him, but He doesn't need any of it. Our service to Allah is nothing like the service that we take out of the things that we make. Allah made us so we can serve Him. We make things so they can serve us. But those two services have nothing to do with each other. Allah says right after in Surah Al-Dhariyat, at the end, when He says that I have created humans and, be- humans and jinns for the only sole purpose that they worship me. The next ayah tells us, I don't ask you anything. I don't need anything from you. I'm the one who provides. Which is strange. I've created you so you can serve me, but I'm the one serving you, basically. You have to understand this concept. You have to understand that when you are worshipping and serving Allah, in reality, who is the beneficiary of that service? Who is benefiting from that service? Is Allah benefiting? Allah doesn't need anything or anybody. If He wanted, He could just wipe out the entire world and bring another creation instead. He doesn't need any of this. Whenever you worship and serve Allah, you're actually doing a service to yourself. You're actually helping yourself. You are the one benefiting from it. So, Tayyib, why do we call it a service to Allah then? Why do we call it worship and serve Allah if the service is actually to ourselves? Why do we say we are worshiping and serving Allah? Why do we say that it's a service to Allah? Because Allah gives us instructions and we follow them. Allah gives us instructions and we follow them because it is good for Allah's cause. Not for Him Himself. It is good for Allah's cause, which is to spread the message, to get more people to understand and see who Allah is. These are very important points that we have to understand about our Master. We worship Him, we serve Him, we are His slave, He is our Master. Our Master who gives us everything. Our Master who doesn't need anything from us. We have to understand who He is because it becomes much more, much easier. And you feel much more accomplished and much happier with yourself when you understand what you're doing, why you're doing it, and who you're doing it for. You're following the instructions of Allah. You're serving Allah and worshipping Allah for your own benefit. It makes it much easier when you understand the full picture. Not like the one who puts the coffee cup on the CD player and the CD reader in the computer. Understanding what you're doing, why you're doing it, who you're doing it for. Now another point that needs to be mentioned regarding this. Allah is our master and we are his slave. Alright. 
This life is a test. Obstacles and things are going to happen in our life that make our, our life hard. Look at, think of all the different natural disasters that happen in the world. That gives you an idea of the power of Allah. Allah says that He's the one who has subdued everything in creation for us. And if it weren't for Him controlling it, the entire universe would crumble and fall apart. It would be complete chaos. In other words, if you want to put it in scientific words, Allah is saying He is the force of stability in the world. He is the one that makes it so that the ocean is not constantly in a tsunami. He makes it so that the earth is not constantly shaking. He makes it so that volcanoes are not constantly exploding and erupting. He is the force controlling the forces of nature. So that they are tame. So that they're not wild. So now, think of the power, the force of just a hurricane. If you've seen any video or any picture of what buildings look like after a hurricane, you know the metal rods or the metal, uh, what's it called, railing on the side of the highway that they have? If a truck crashes into this, it's not going to fall all the way. It stays there. It's going to bend. It's not going to fall all the way. After a hurricane, those things are just twisted like noodles. Think of the power of Allah. And now realize that that power, that power of nature, is actually a teeny bit of the power of Allah. Because the real power of Allah is that He contains everything. That puts things into perspective. So now whenever anything happens to you, you should never think, or happens to anybody in the world, why did Allah let this evil happen to me? Or why did Allah let this evil happen to other people in the world? No. It should make you realize and appreciate how much Allah saves people by controlling things so that this, the normal, the natural status, the natural state of things without Allah would be complete chaos and destruction all over the world. Allah is the one controlling it. And so, whenever Allah lets any amount of the power of nature be unleashed, whenever Allah lets any bad thing happen, natural disaster, He knows why. And we now understand why. Why does Allah let things happen that are harmful to us? Because this life is a test. And it's not the same thing when you win a basketball game 50-0 to zero, than winning a basketball game that was tight. Going through that test, going through that pressure makes the basketball game much more enjoyable. Even if you lose it, sometimes. You might think that this game was a better game than the game where you won 50-0. to zero. That's why Allah puts, things, puts trouble in our life. And we have to understand that if it weren't for the power of Allah, it would have been not ten times, not a hundred times, not a thousand times, a gazillion times worse. Whatever number of zeros that is. So now, along with the power of Allah, is His power of forgiveness. Which is what I started the khutbah with. Allah is Al-Aziz Al-Ghafoor. Let's recite the ayah from Surah Al-Mulk again. الذي خلق الموت والحياة ليبلوكم أيكم أحسن عملا The one who has created death and life to test you 
so that you can be the best in your deeds, do the best deeds. He is the Almighty, the All-Powerful, the one whose actions inspire respect in all of his creation, the one who has all the honor and respect that you can imagine, but he is also Al-Ghafoor, the forgiving. And I can very clearly remember that day that I'm driving home from the masjid. And like I normally do, sometimes I forget, but like I normally do, I'm reciting Surah Al-Mulk on the way home. And it just turns out that if I forget to, if I get to the second traffic light and start, usually I have to finish when I'm walking out of my car. It's the perfect, like, surat, reciting Surah Al-Mulk takes the exact time that it takes for me to drive home. So I recite Surah Al-Mulk in my car. And that day, I remember that something had happened to me that I felt very angry at two specific people. And I felt like these two people, they needed to apologize to me for what they had done. This is the emotional state that I was in. And I start reciting Surah Al-Mulk. And I stopped at the beginning of the Surah. I was, I was overwhelmed with the message Allah has just given me. And this is crazy. Because I recite Surah Al-Mulk on a regular basis. This is the hundredth time, if not many hundredth time, that I'm reciting Surah Al-Mulk. And for the first time it just hit home. And went straight into my heart. Because I had, I had that feeling that these guys, they need to apologize to me for what they did. I felt angry. And Allah is just telling me now, hold on a second. بِيَدِهِ الْمُلْكِ Allah is the owner of the kingdom. Whatever happens to you is under His control. Are you angry at Allah? That's, what I, that's the message I heard. I was thinking, why am I angry? He's the one in control of everything. If I'm angry at these people, I'm actually angry at what they did, which is under the control of Allah. Next ayah. He created life and death to test you. This is a test from Allah. How dare I be angry and think like I deserve an apology from these people? This was a test from Allah. وَهُوَ الْعَزِيزِ الْغَفُورِ Despite the honor and respect that Allah deserves and that He inspires everybody in His creation despite His might and His power over everything and His ability to crush everything and retaliate and take revenge on anybody who harms anybody else or any of His creation despite all of that His way is to forgive His way is to forgive so I looked at myself and I said wow then I need to forgive these two people the one who is all-powerful to punish and make anybody suffer for what they do, his way, his modus operandi is to forgive. So who am I driving my car going back home and thinking that I need an apology from these people? I forgive them, here and now. I forgive them. When you understand who is Allah, how much He does for you, and that you are His slave for your own benefit, you are serving Allah for your own benefit and you fully understand that relationship, then your natural way of life will be easygoing and forgiving to people. Alhamdulillah, wa tabarak Allah, 
تبارك الذي بيده الملك وهو على كل شيء قدير الذي خلق الموت والحياة ليبلوكم أيكم أحسن عملا وهو العزيز الغفور I'll finish off with this note that you can take home on top of everything that I've just said. You are worshipping Allah only for your own benefit. You're serving Allah and you are the one getting benefit out of it. Now, why are you putting any effort in school to get good grades? So that you can go to a nice college. Why do you want to go to a nice college? So you can get a nice degree. Why do you want to get a nice degree? So you can get a nice job. Why do you want to get a nice job? So that you can live a good life. Why do you want to live a good life? Cars, house, whatever it is. So that, well, wait a second. Uh, because I want to be happy. Wrong. Wrong thinking. Who said that happiness is by getting more things of this life? Everybody knows. Everybody knows deep inside that material things cannot give you happiness. The highest suicide rates are in Hollywood, have been in Hollywood. The more wealthy, the more suicidal. Because they don't understand their purpose in life. Doctors and engineers who don't have Islam, you ask them, what is your purpose in life? Why are you, why are you asking me this question? Just live your life. Leave me alone. People don't know why they're here. And therefore, but everybody wants happiness. That they know. So they don't know what their purpose is. And they don't want to think about it too much. But they know what they want happiness. So where are they going to look for happiness? They're going to look in, for happiness in the dunya. Now, can it be that by getting a nice degree and by having a nice job, you will be happy? Yes, it is. But your degree and your job are not the means for you to be happy. What is the means for you to be happy? Your relationship with Allah and your understanding of why you're here. That is the true way to happiness. And many people who realize this, they know this deep inside, it's too hard for them. It's too hard to give up the things that they know are not good for them. Don't be like that. Don't think it's too hard for me. You know that your happiness in this life and eternal happiness in the hereafter is to turn to Allah and have a good relationship with Allah. To understand why you're here and why you're doing the things that you're doing for your own benefit. To understand who is Allah and understand him, him more and love Him more. You know that this will bring you happiness, but it's hard. Don't give up. Once you know something is true deep inside, don't give up. Don't let the hours go by that you're not focusing on that. Don't let the hours go by that you're thinking to yourself, it's too hard, I don't want to do this, it's, I wish I could just entertain and enjoy myself. Yes, there needs to be a time for that, but don't let the hours go by like this. Don't extinguish that feeling inside of you that tells you that I'm here for a better reason. I'm here for a higher purpose. Let that feeling shine. Let that feeling guide you to Allah. May Allah help us to pass the test. 
May Allah help us to go through the obstacles of life and come out better out of each one of them. Ameen. Rabbana, ya muqallib al-qulub, thabbit qulubana ala deenik. Ameen. Ya Allah, you are the one who turns the hearts. Sometimes you feel like it, sometimes you don't feel like it. Sometimes you feel very emotional, very spiritual, sometimes you don't. Ya Allah, the one who turns the hearts, make our hearts be firm on your religion, on your way of life. Ameen. Which is a way of what? Of serving and worshipping Allah. And not worrying about who's going to take care of you. Allah is taking care of you. رَبَّنَا لَا تُزِغْ قُلُوبَنَا بَعْدَ إِذْ هَدَيْتَنَا وَهَبْ لَنَا مِنْ لَدُنْكَ رَحْمَةً Ya Allah, our Master, don't let our hearts go astray, swerve away from our purpose after you have given us the guidance. Ameen. And give us plenty of your mercy. Ameen. رَبَّنَا آتِنَا مِنْ لَنْدُكِ رَحْمَةً وَهَيِّئْ لَنَا مِنْ أَمْرِنَا رَشَدًا Ya Allah, our Master, give us mercy and whatever situation we are in, help us to make the right decisions. Ameen. Let's say it again in Arabic. رَبَّنَا آتِنَا مِنْ لَدُنْكَ رَحْمَةً وَهَيِّئْ لَنَا مِنْ أَمْرِنَا رَشَدًا آمين رَبَّنَا وَآتِنَا فِي الدُّنْيَا حَسَنَةً وَفِي الْآخِرَةِ حَسَنَةً وَقِنَا عَذَابَ النَّارِ وَصَلِّ اللَّهُمَ عَلَى سَيِّدِنَا مُحَمَّدٍ وَعَلَى آلِهِ وَأَصْحَابِهِ أَجْمَعِينَ وَأَقِمِ الصَّلَاةِ